Welcome to the chat on News Talk 94.1. I am your host, Kelly Swallows, and today we're focusing on just one of the nonprofit organizations that's doing some great work around the Upper Cumberland. Today I have with me the Executive Director of the Genesis House, Ms. Melissa Garrett. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I, of course, know about your organization and you can find information, genesishouseinc.com. But please tell me a little bit about Genesis House in a quick nutshell, just your mission statement, and then we'll delve into a little bit more about you. Well, the whole point of Genesis House is we are a, a nonprofit and we provide services to victims of domestic and sexual violence, um, rather, and survivors and their children. Is it mainly women, men, children, or do you see all of it? Well, and I've been there for 21 years, and at first it was mainly women, but um, at this point now, it is anybody and everybody, men, women, um, and we, we house men and women at our shelter. Okay, wow. And as far as for 21, years you've been involved. Um, I really want to get into what drove you to come to the Genesis House and be a great part of it. Um, Domestic violence, of course, it is not a topic that everyone wants to scream from the rooftops about, have big fundraisers for and dress up and talk about this stuff. It is something that is really pushed under um, the bed and it's not something pleasant to talk about. But that's why I'm so happy to have you here because it is very prevalent everywhere, not just in big cities, um, everywhere. How big is the region that you all serve, the Genesis House? We serve nine counties, um, wow. pretty much all the counties surrounding uh, Putnam County. Um, we go up to Clay, pretty much it's the thir- most of the 13th uh, district, mm-hmm. judicial district, um, with a couple, um, Macon and, and Jackson that are not, Macon, Jackson, and Smith that are in the 15th, I believe. Wow, that is a lot of area to serve mm-hmm. and a lot of people that um, definitely we need to get it out there, what you all do. Your mission is, of course, to help uh, sexual uh, and abuse violence. And this is something, again, how did you get involved? What made you get involved? How many years ago? 21 years. 21 years, yes. Uh, no, I actually, it, it was kind of something that just fell in my lap. I had, uh, at that time, my sister-in-law um, who worked there, and I was looking for a job, and she was like, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm going for. Um, I was going to tech for psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of fell into my lap at that point in time, and I started out, and I just kept going. You never left. I just never left. Well, obviously, you must love what you do um, or else you wouldn't be showing up every day for such a a tough cause. I mean, it's not like you're going in and getting to, uh, you know, hang out with children and laugh and play all the time. This is a very intense situation that you deal with. I'm again with Melissa Garrett with the Genesis House. Talk to me a little bit about when the Genesis House here in the Upper Cumberland was established. You've been there 21 years. How many years has it been around? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe that it um, started like in 1981. Okay. Um, and at that point, it was just uh, just a few people in a like a one bedroom home, mm-hmm. um, and there was no actual uh, advocacy services, uh, someone working with them. It was kind of a volunteer thing, mm-hmm. um, and then it kind of just grew from there. Uh, we have actual uh, 
paper clippings uh, from the Herald Citizen mm-hmm. um, that's pictures where the house that was donated that is a, currently our shelter mm-hmm. was actually brought down Washington Avenue and they really? had to lift the the power lines and stuff to bring the house oh, to my. put it at its current location. So uh, we've just at that point in time, it's just the, the, the community started bringing in the support. Um, the, ch- the house was donated by a church um, and it just kind of just oh. kept blossoming from there and, and growing into the different things. And at that point in time, it was my, it was just domestic violence. And then there was grant writing and, and bringing in the sexual assault aspect mm-hmm. um, of the, the whole service providing. Wow. And then I know with the type of situation with abuse, there needs to be a huge privacy concern. Again, it's not like you can have your victim saying, I found help at Genesis House and I'm so grateful for them. Those victims can't be really advocate for themselves because they need to have you as your shelter and the help. And how do you get the word out about the Genesis House that you all exist? Uh, is it mainly just a phone line? Is it how do these domestic violence uh, victims find you? Well, of course, we have our hotline, which first is and foremost, <laughs> first and foremost. Go ahead. Is it one 707 5197 Yes, it is. Again, the Genesis House for Domestic Violence is 1-800-707-5197 or genesishouseinc.com. So that's how they find you. Yeah, and we also have a Facebook page, and mm-hmm. I believe it's under Genesis House of the Upper Cumberland. Great. Um, and we receive so many messages. It's amazing how, and, and we try our best because they're the messages, the private messages. It's really hard mm-hmm. with staff to be doing what we're doing all day, and then, oh, we need to check Facebook to make sure. So we've got, actually, I've got like four or five staff members on that set up that can read those messages. So we try to catch those. Right. Um, About 10 years ago, social media doesn't, wasn't exactly, as big. But exactly. this is another outlet for someone to see safely find you all that wasn't in existence it is if they're if they can't make a phone call but they have wi-fi on their phone or um it's it's as simple as just sending us a message but it may be they can't talk because someone is in the house or something like that Mm -hmm. but between the hotline and the social media aspect um we have advocates that go into each one of our nine counties every every week they're in that county at least one day that week um we work within the court system to provide advocacy um for victims uh, of domestic and sexual violence. So if someone comes into the courtroom um, and they are a victim of domestic violence, then our advocate is going to get with them, make sure they know of our services, make sure they have the doc- the brochures, the, the phone numbers. Um, and then we become, we become kind of like that liaison between them and whoever they need to speak with. Mm-hmm. Because when, uh, you know, going into court, if I didn't do this job and I had to go into court, I wouldn't know the first thing. I would sit there and wait for my name to be called and mm-hmm. then just, you know, but sometimes they don't do that they call their the 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 perpetrator's name and and so the victim's kind of just sitting there thinking well what's going on or where do i need to go or who do i need to talk to so the advocate is kind of like that support to just take their hand and guide them where they need to go throughout that program the whole court process and the the name advocate that's also not just for the domestic violent victim uh herself or himself but also the family um with them so let's say it's a, a, a mother with children and her um, spouse or her significant other or whatever the case might be um, is obviously abusive to to her. I mean, that that obviously we need to find a safe environment for the child and the rest of the family. So exactly. that's what you all help to do as well. We do. And we actually have services for the, the, the children, um, the family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have uh, counselors on contract that if they come into our, it, it, they can either come into the shelter of the program or if they choose not to, they have a safe place to stay. 
we have um, counselors, certified counselors that can um, we can actually get these these survivors in touch with, um, and what they do, and they do that on their own. That mm-hmm. that that takes us out of the picture. We we get them together, and then they start seeing this counselor, and then the counselor just sends us the invoice. Oh wow! So well, I can't wait to hear more about this process from start to finish when one of these victims comes to you all at the Genesis House. Again, I'm Kelly Swallows here with the chat with Melissa Garrett for the Genesis House. And we will be right back. Welcome back to the chat. We're here. I'm Kelly Swallows, your host, News Talk 94.1. I'm so excited that I have gotten the opportunity to interview some nonprofit organizations. And today we have Melissa Garrett, the executive director of the Genesis House. This place helps domestic violence victims, survivors. You keep mentioning that word survivor. Um, And I like that. I keep saying victim. And and I want to use your terminology because they are a survivor. They don't want to constantly be called a victim. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. That's probably part of your mission, too. Don't consider them a survivor, a victim. And then that's that's a hard thing to do because, you know, domestic violence victims, sexual assault victims, it's really easy just to fall in that line. So we try our best to, because like I said, it sounds, you know, somebody, sometimes being called a victim means that you're still in it or you're still not through that, that, that process. But when you say survivor, it's almost like I did this mm-hmm. and I got through it. So uh, we try our best to to use survivor, but it's really hard sometimes. No, I'm really glad because I've been listening to you and I said, I am saying the wrong terminology. And, and it's so enlightening because you can put a label on someone. Mm-hmm. And even though you don't mean to put a label on them, it can stay with them. So sometimes the victim makes them feel weak and that they can't get through it. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, and But I am guilty of victims. I think mm-hmm. I probably said that a couple of times already. Well, so. no, but I'm glad. <laughs> so let's call them survivors. You were talking in the last segment how you have some counselors on staff. What is your Genesis House uh, setup? Your employees, your volunteers, how does it all look? Well, we have the, like I was talking about, the counselors, and they are subcontracted. Um, so we, we have that part of it. But our in-house staff, we have approximately 11 or 12. Okay. Um, and that is probably about four part-time and then the rest full-time. Rather, they are, uh, say, the sexual assault advocate in the shelter. That doesn't mean that she that person is just limited to the, that right there. She also goes into the court systems. Um, she had the counties. They do their own thing. We have a data collection specialist. That's a title. She is also an advocate, and she also does advocacy in the counties. But she has a specific um, job part of the job when it comes That's to That's what the, I love yeah. about nonprofits. When you talk to the directors, they're like, we do everything. Yeah. We do everything from the actual, my title to cleaning the toilets if we need to. We You're do exactly what we need right. to get by. <laughs> You are exactly and right. And that's why I love it. And you all just do not get paid enough and talked about enough. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what it is. And we just had a big staff meeting over that. And it was first and foremost, everybody in this room is an advocate. And we all have all of those general things, answering phone calls, case management and stuff. Everybody does that. Mm-hmm. But then each person has a little specific to say, oh, by the way, you got to do this too. Right. You so, wear a lot of hats. <laughs> yes. So you have your counselors, you have your advocates that go into the court. And then do you also have, um, you know, you have some folks, do you have volunteers that can come in? I know with how Absolutely. sensitive the situation is, you probably can't have people just coming off the street and, and helping um, because it takes probably some qualified training to deal with this. Um, right. So how does, can a volunteer help in any way? Well, and actually we have two types of volunteers. We have what we call a type one and a type two. Type one is an, an, an indirect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that person, you know, we have a lot of uh, church groups or um, that need to, some, uh, the, the, is it a 10 promise where they have to fulfill so many volunteer yes. hours? Um, so we have people who do that and they come and they, 
pick up limbs if we have storm. They help clean up, uh, maybe move, re- relocate some of our storage uh, stuff that's at the shelter to a storage unit that mm-hmm. is other, at another location. Then we have our direct volunteers, and those direct volunteers, before they actually interact with clients, they can answer the hotline. They can pretty much do anything a staff member can do as long as a staff member is there. But they have to, first and foremost, uh, go through our 40-hour pre-service training. Mm -hmm. So they are going to receive the same training as an employee coming on board. Oh, wow. Um, And they have to. So that's 40 hours dedicated to that. So most of the time when somebody's coming in to do that type of volunteer, they've got several Mm -hmm. hours or uh, something like that to do because they've got got a complete 40 hours of training, first and foremost. And again, we're talking with Melissa Garrett from the Genesis House, a local nonprofit helping Uh, domestic violence and sexual survivors. And I want to also ask you, how how many victims do you feel like there has been an upswing in victims? And I'm I'm talking pre-pandemic or post-pandemic or during. I know that there's a lot of with this topic, domestic violence, very few people report it. What are the statistics on reporting violence in the home? And I, I know if you don't have that exact stat, yeah. it's not everybody that's going to report it. Is no, that- it's not. It's it's still, I mean, in our, we are in a rural area and it is still, especially when you're talking about sexual violence, mm-hmm. but um, between domestic violence and sexual violence, it is still taboo. It is still a family matter. It is still, you know, like you said, just sweep it, put it under the rug. And it, it, it is hard in that way. We also have clients, especially, you know, when you get it really out in the outskirts that, you know, may not have Wi-Fi connections. Um, may not have cell phone towers around their house to be able to contact. So a home phone is the only thing they have, and they may not have the ability to use that home phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there are still a lot of hurdles when it comes to that. How do you get the word out for those type of victims that maybe not can find you online? Um, you know, hopefully they can find a phone to call. Is How do you get the word out there about your hotline that they can call? The best thing that we do is, like I said, our advocates are in the, those counties. So what we do is we go to health departments. We go to uh UT Extension's offices, we go to doctor's offices, Great. anybody that will allow us to stick up a brochure um, and we will put our, our flyers and we actually have some doctors that allow us to put the um, the tear tabs yes. in their in their bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So when the client goes in there, especially like when you get into the gynecology uh, yes. aspect, and then we also have some doctors that when they ask them, you know, is there, they have those on the written on their questions and mm-hmm. if they ask them, if, is there any issues of violence? If they say yes, then they're, they'll have someone to call us. Um, so, yeah, we, we try to get it out there. I, I, I don't care if it's a convenience store. If they will allow us to put uh, our brochures That's in, in, inside, then we do. Well, good, because you got to reach out to anybody who can find you. And I know it's not just a embarrassment sometimes or we don't want to talk about it. A lot of it's fear. I mean, a lot of people don't say anything because they are being threatened by the, you know, the perpetrator of the victim. Uh, you know, do not tell anybody or I will hurt you again or I will hurt your kids or I will hurt. And that's that fear aspect. So that I think would be such a challenge um, to get to people and, and just try to counsel them to once they come in and if they ever do report it to get them through to the to the other side and mm-hmm. hopefully do. Do they have therapy as well that's offered or do you have a reference that you can send them to have therapy? Once we do. We that, have references that we can we can do that. Right. But I mean, honestly, whenever whenever that survivor makes that decision that it this is it, this is time. That's the most dangerous, dangerous, excuse me, time um, of the whole situation because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're making a huge step. What's going to happen after that? We have people who come to the shelter and then, you know, get word from friends that, hey, they're looking for you. And they said, if you're not back, 
And they will actually leave the shelter to go back just because of that fear that, yeah, they're going to find me and they're going to hurt me. Um, if you don't come back, then I'm going to go visit your mom. Mm-hmm. Just things Any like that. Threat. And then that they come to us and, and I, we can't, we're not going to shame them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to survive. Yes. So it's one of those things of, okay, well, let's try to do a safety plan. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's maybe, you know, if you want us to hold a few things here, um, but don't hesitate to call us back. Definitely. I don't we will never close yeah, the door on you. 15 times you. coming in and out of the shelter. I mean, it's they, they say an average of seven times really? a person leaves and goes, and back, goes back before they finally go back or stay away. This is so. fascinating information. I'm so grateful to get to talk with Melissa Garrett with the Genesis House. We're going to take a quick break and we will come right back. Welcome back to the chat. I'm your host, Kelly Swallows. We're here talking with some nonprofit organizations here on 94.1. And a great organization that many might not even know exists is the Genesis House. They deal with domestic violence survivors. And I'm here with Executive Director Melissa Garrett. Um, In our last segment here, I really want to discuss maybe the start to finish in an ideal world, um, a survivor that comes to you, someone that um, is obviously a victim of domestic violence, comes to you all, however that might be, online, via your hotline. Um, Let's say they have children with them. What is the quick process in a nutshell of what you guys do um, to help them and then getting through if they are able to get into the court system and and maybe get a prosecution? Well, uh, of course, the first step is getting them to the shelter, Um, whether they have transportation, uh, that's that's then we can get that that part there. Um, If they don't have transportation, it's finding transportation, whether it be contact law enforcement to see if they can bring them in. Um, We have wonderful, wonderful law enforcement uh, agencies throughout our the whole our whole area. And you serve nine counties. Yes. yes. And that is a large area. And but I mean, their support is um, it's incredible. And we have had um, clients actually called. I don't have a way. Um, A lot of times they do a line to line pickup. So one county will take them to the next county. And then, of course, it lands on Putnam County. And Mm -hmm. we love our Putnam County Sheriff's Department and our Coopville City Police Department. They're they're wonderful. Um, But uh, we have actually had Clay County bring someone all the way in. Smith County bring someone all the way in. They can get to you. Yes. So Uh, anyone out there listening, if you know of someone or you you yourself are listening, um, they are there to help you put their arms around you and wrap you into a big bear hug and help you out. And so once they get to your center, it's obviously a safe place. Um, and it's also a place where children are welcome as well. Um, so don't feel like you have to go on your own. If you have children, you guys can keep them safe as well. Absolutely. We have space available um, for uh, we have room sizes. Of course, our rooms, our vacancy is, you know, it, it's not we have been at no vacancy for a while. Okay. But at that point in time, we can actually we, we have if it's depending on how serious the situation is. And um, we can look at getting a hotel for mm-hmm. a, a few days until we can maneuver people around at the shelter Someone may be leaving. Uh, we could be full one day. Our capacity is 21. But you're going to make it happen either way. Yeah. and But it could be 21 on Monday and then tomorrow there could be three. Okay. Uh, it just you don't know what's going to happen throughout that time period. So but we're going to we have actually asked, you know, and they're like, if you're OK to like, just like sleep on the couch tonight, mm-hmm. we've got a bed opening up tomorrow, but at least get you out and get you somewhere safe. So we have done that. Um, it's probably not, you know, it's probably frowned upon, but <laughs> but every case I know is different. Typically, how long just on average does it take from when they come into the center and they might leave the center and go back to that situation they were in multiple multiple times right. and when they finally do come back and they're like I'm ready I'm I'm, I'm going to take this to court if the evidence is there etc how long does it typically take for them to you know maybe go into court and finally be seen and heard by a judge well I mean it, it, and of course I'm no attorney but it's one of those things of when you have your initial appearance 
and then um, you go from the next step is to find if it's going to be bound over to the grand jury or if it's going to be settled out. You mm-hmm. know, they may agree, agree to continue it and no contact and uh, something like that to the point that there's, you know, just no contact and that, that helps put that when an order of protection or something goes in place, mm-hmm. bond conditions, then it keeps them from being able to make contact with them or they could get in trouble again and be back in jail. Right. So, so there's a, a, a yeah. situation for that. And again, I'm with Melissa Garrett from the Genesis House. We're talking about domestic violence survivors and how they help within nine counties around the Upper Cumberland. Uh, this is going so fast, and I want to make sure I get to hear from you. Of course, in this pandemic, a lot of abuse is going unreported, so I'm sure your cases are spiking. If anything, it's going, it's, it's getting even more prevalent. What at Genesis House, whether it's internal with your board of directors or volunteers or just overall, what are some challenges that you have? What can we do as an Upper Cumberland to help you? What kind of fundraisers do you have? I want to let you kind of tell us what we can do for you. Well, of course, unfortunately, with the, with the pandemic and the things, the way things are right now, now, um, we were unable to have any of our fundraisers last year, and we're just hoping and praying that something changes, then we can do that this year. Uh, we participate uh, on Wild on the West Side, and, and we mm-hmm. receive part of those proceeds. Uh, we take care of the volunteer part, so we, we, we gather up the wine pours and the mm-hmm. and the ice people and stuff like that. Can so. we donate online? Can we go to your website Yes, there and is a place on our website to Genesis donate through House. PayPal, I'm pretty sure. Great. So, so GenesisHouseInc.com, or call them, or get your checkbook out and mail that check to them. Um, in the pandemic, I know you received some grant funding for some of your positions, but that doesn't help with the day-to-day expenses. Um, I'm sure you take also other needs as far as donations of maybe some items for Everything. your victims. Listen, that's what we try to tell everybody. They're like, can we bring you the, uh, clothing or do you take this? You take-? We take everything for the simple fact that when someone comes into our shelter, um, they're not going to have a microwave in their back pocket exactly. or they're not going to have, you know, the, the necessities. Mm-hmm. So whenever, hopefully, because with our advocates, they're going to work on housing. They're going to work on employment if they don't have it. Um, so that's that's where we get them set to the point that, you know, to get themselves sufficient and get them into their own place um, through housing authorities or whatnot. So when they move into this place, they need a bed. They need a they need a they need sheets, dishes, they need, they need underwear, cookware. they need everything. Exactly. So we do not we just say we'll take take anything and if it's something in there that we can't use we actually have or if we start getting abundance especially of clothing um if we get abundance of summer clothing in the middle of winter and we're like we cannot store this we actually uh take them to uh, other thrift stores mm-hmm. um helping hand or no basically you won't turn around anything Corinne. you're exactly you right you're exactly right <laughs> they'll take <laughs> any and everything that can help now as far as a your organization i know you talked about your staff and and all of the wonderful things you guys do on a daily basis to help these domestic violence survivors at the genesis house what is your do you have a board of directors we have a board of directors and uh, we would love to have someone who represented each county um, to to be on our board. Um, unfortunately, we were, we're short on a few counties. Um, our board is very small, mm-hmm. but I, I would rather have a small board that actually works and functions mm-hmm. and gets their hands dirty and, and works versus, you know, just fluffing it and people just showing up and then you I never see you. them until the next board meeting. Certainly. So, um, but at this point, our board, we just had a board meeting last week and it was just to go over what's going on and how things are going 
um, and keeping people updated. Uh, we received a VOCA grant that we're getting all new playground equipment at the shelter. Oh, that's amazing. And a virtual learning center for kids at the shelter. So that's that's coming into play. But um, we would just love board members, um, anyone interested. We will take anyone from any county uh, that we serve. If we have 10 from Putnam County, as long as those 10 are willing to help Good and work, people yes, we work. will take them. Okay, so. great. Well, I hope we get the word out there. Um, is there anything else that you, um, as far as challenges, of course, board members, finding people that really want to work, um, volunteers, any kind of donations you can give, call the Genesis House or their hotline, 1-800-707-5197, genesishouseinc.com. Donate to them. They would always take their funds. Um, is there any last words you have for us? If there's at any point in time, especially when this pandemic is over, if anybody has a group or um, we would love to come and talk to your groups. We will great. bring information. We will come to you and we'll bring donuts. Oh, great. <laughs> well, Melissa, this has been such a wonderful eye opening uh, interview with you. This is again, Melissa Garrett with the Genesis House. Go to their website, learn a little bit about them. Um, and we're so thankful to have you here listening to us. And Melissa, we wish you the very best. We hope this pandemic ends. We hope more survivors um, receive that love um, and help that you provide. And thank you to all of your staff and your board members for all you do each and every day. Thank you so much for having us and thank you for the, the time.